Hello. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Honest War Game. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to the Age of Sigmar Stat Centre. Uh, it's great to see you all here live for an exciting day talking about Age of Sigmar and the event results from around the world. And it's a pretty exciting day. Loads has happened. Um, there's been... Uh, some pretty big events. We've got four to discuss, four two-day events, and we've also got our first breakdown um, of uh, the stats, which is uh, pretty exciting. So uh, shout out to Ziggy and Warhammer Rob specifically uh, for putting a load of our stats data together, which we'll be talking about later on. Uh, so we've got started to look at some deep dive stats information, which will be cool. Next Monday, me and Owen are going to be doing a longer stat center show, our kind of first uh, take a look at the season uh, set of results which is going to be really interesting and kind of like talk about top meta lists talk about where we think the the game is generally after this first quarter after the launch of age of sigma and where we might see it going in the future need to shout out everyone on the twitch chat for saying being here hello uh gitly wahama rob rackart k dread chris cb halalex what's going on guys id mj pegasus hello all you babes gitly um hello everyone Thanks for being here. Now, if you haven't joined us for a Stat Center show before, uh, for some reason, what we do is we look at the event results from the weekend. Uh, we kind of break down the lists and uh, sometimes we relate them to what the stats are and current trends. We do this every single Monday. So if you haven't joined in before and you haven't been part of the conversation, it's an ongoing conversation where uh, we're listening to trends. So you can go back and listen to the other shows uh, and maybe you'll pick something up, which would be quite cool. Um, uh, hello from New York. Uh, hello, Gorkamorka. Gitly, what's going on? Uh, the Bauncer, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> uh, right, so let's just dive straight into it because there's lots to talk about today. Uh, first place we're going to go over to is Germany. And we're going to go to the Grand Paradis AOS GT. Now, this had 56 people. This was in Germany. Uh, and you can, if you want, follow along. Now, I'm going to include this all in the show notes on YouTube and as a podcast. Uh, there you go. Thanks, Inferno Storms, for subscribing. Um, there is a link in the chat um, for the ladder if you guys want to go and look at it. Now, in the 5-0 bracket, so we would normally break it down into 5-0 and 4-1 brackets. So this is people that, uh, at a two-day event, normally they're five rounds. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're six. But often they're five. And what we do is we break out players into who went 5-0, and oh, so who won all of their games, and who went 4-1, and one, so which people lost one of their games, right? Um, <laughs> uh, right, so and in the 5-0 bracket we had Soulblight Gravelords which, with Legion of Night and Lumineth Realm Lords with Zytrek. Now the Soulblight Gravelords was uh, run by Sasha Bitgover. I'm not sure that's correct, uh, but I'm sorry. Um, and uh, the list is in the chat for you guys right now. Now it's quite exciting. It's a Legion of the Night list, and if you guys tuned in on Friday, you'll see that I was writing some Legion of Night lists, so I'm generally pretty excited about this. But um, we also saw an event a couple of months ago where we saw Soulbright Gravelords, uh, no, sorry, Flesh Eater Courts, sorry, Flesh Eater Courts with Big Drog Fort Kicker. Now, this is an allied mercenary Mega Gargan uh, taken. This was, that was previously run by Bill Souza, who we will be talking about again later. Um, and he this and he ran it in a flesh eater courts army. Now um, uh, Sasha has also included Big Drog Fort Kicker in his Soul Blight Grave Lords army. Uh, uh, stop typing more rowing Rambo. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hello everyone. Hello everyone in the chat. Now he's got 
He's got um, big for drug fork kicker, a white king on skeletal steed. Now the white king on skeletal steed has uh, is the general, and this makes the grave guard. And he's got two bricks of twenty battle line. Okay, and he's also got Manfred von Karstein, uh, the Mortark of the Night. He's also given the White King on Skeletal Steed the Arcane Tome, and he's also taken Ghost Mist, and he's uh, got the command trait Unbending Will. Now, that Unbending Will command trait means that everything within, I think it's wholly within 12 inches, uh, is immune to battle shot, which is quite nice on those Graveguard. And again, he's got two bricks of 20 Graveguard, and they only come in at 280 points each. And of course, they've got the Great White Blades, because that's the right way to run them. Bob the Knight, thanks for subscribing. Um... You tried your best with the name, Rob. It's fine. I'm going to try it one more time. Sasha Bittighover. I'm the wrong person for this job. Reading out international names. It's, it's going to... I'm trying. Okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, oof. <laughs> he's got 10 direwolves in his list as well. right? And he's also got 20 deadwalker zombies, 3 fell bats, and 1 corpse cart. Um, and he's taken Hunt of the Heartlands and Battle Regiment. Uh, okay, let's talk about this list a little bit and what it does. He's got two, well, he's got four units that can smash. So those Graveguard are pretty brilliant. Uh, Manfred's going to be able to potentially give them plus one attack as well. Uh, the White King on Skeletal Steed can give them uh, plus uh, reroll ones to hit, which is quite nice on the Graveguard. And those Graveguard are doing two damage apiece with those Great White Blades. So they're doing a load of damage. Big Drog Fort Kicker is also obviously excellent in a fight um, and so he's got four real combat pieces and that ghost mist spell that he's taken in the spell law is going to make it so he can make a piece of terrain just a, like a, a, give it obscuring basically um, if there's any questions i will let you know thanks buddy uh, i will um, and then three fell bats and then the corpse cart uh, which is pretty important as well now a massive shout out to sasha because hold on let me just go and get this for you guys if we look at the Soulblight Gravelord's stats, so this should be the first time I'm doing this today. Again, uh, we're going to have a deep dive of this for you guys. So here we go. So Soulblight Gravelord's list, uh, as you can see right here, uh, they generally do quite well, but they rarely go 5-0. and oh. Uh, so far, only 2% of our Soulblight Gravelord's list that we have in our stats. Now, we have, we've only got 16 events so far. By next week, we'll have uh, 30 events in our stats. So this will be all the updated stats. Um, and, but they only go they only go 502% of the time. Now, they quite often go 3-2 and 4-1. I've kind of described them sometimes as the kings of the 4-1 bracket. Uh, they're not quite, uh, but they're pretty good. They get into the 4-1 bracket 22% of the time. Uh, and as for popularity, Castelli Dynasty seems to be the most popular, um, because, mainly because you make those Blood Knights battle line and that big armor save stacking that you'll get with them, uh, with uh, Vordry, Nagash, any of those other things. You wouldn't really take Nagash in, in that list, but uh, Vordry or a, a, zombie lord, a, a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. Those guys, when you mix them in Castelli, they're so, so good. Um, uh, and uh, yeah. But as you can see, Legion of uh, Night is the second most popular taken sub-faction for these guys. And I'm not 100% sure why. Um, maybe it's because you can put stuff uh, in the ground. You can deep strike it. That's potential. You can do that with any Legion of the Night unit. Also, the plus one save on the first turn uh, for any of the Death Rattle units might be quite nice as well. Um, but yeah, pretty good. Pretty good, and uh, he should be really happy with that result. So that's Sasha. So congratulations to Sasha. He's uh, uh, he's done a great job. Uh, shout out to Ziggy 
and also Warhammer Rob and any of the stats guys who helped me put the stats data in uh, for the screen that you saw there. Again, we're going to do a big deep dive at the end. Well, at, to next week, definitely. And at the end of the show, we're going to have a look at some cool stuff. Also in the 5-0 bracket uh, was Lucas Kaluza. Well done, Lucas. And he took a Lumineth Realm Lords list with Zytrek. Now, um, he's got Teclis, the Cathalar, and the Venari Lord Regent. We sometimes see this loadout taken quite a bit. Uh, that Venari Lord Regent with that clutch empowering the sun metal weapons three units of 10 wardens and then tw ten, 20 sentinels and 10 sentinels uh now an umbral spell portal really good result again for lumineth realm lords i want to tell you something pretty exciting about lumineth realm lords if we look at the stats so we're not going to look at the breakdown and instead we're going to look at the lumineth realm lords in this particular graph here so this is uh our 5-0 win rate and as you can see um, five five wins, if you guys are listening to the podcast, basically we have a, a screen with five wins, four wins, and three wins. And as you can see, 8% of the time, Lumineth generally go um, uh, five wins. 26% of the time, they go four and one. And 46% of the time, they go, um, they go three, two. This does mean, though, this does mean, and this is quite important, the Lumineth Realm Lords are sat as the most effective army for going beyond 3-2. What I mean by that is, 80% of games recorded that we have so far put Lumineth Realm Lords as 80% as going 3-2 or better. 46% 3-2, and then 26% 4-1, and 8%. So they're, do they're pretty dominant. Uh, they're actually the highest uh, percentage army at the moment for going above 3-2. Uh, and it's very, very impressive. It really, really is. Um, yeah, LRL are the sex panther of AOS, correct. Uh, it's pretty exciting that they are still the most hated army to face. Dave Frazier, agree with that. Uh, I will challenge those stats when I start playing them. Gitli, you've got this. Uh, David Am, did Ziggy work on these? He did. Shout out to Ziggy and also um, uh, Warhammer Rob and everyone else who helped fill it in. This is super cool. Uh, it's time to musk up against LRL. So congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, I put the link in the chat as well, and I will include it in the show notes for you guys. Um, so, uh, 30 Wardens. So, this was uh, Grand Paradise, AOS GT in Germany. Uh, and as they say, Soulblight Grave Lords and Lumineth Realm Lords in the 5 0 bracket. In the 4 1 bracket, we had uh, Jens Fudenstein with his uh, Disciples of Zinch, Patrick Liu with his KO, um, Benjamin Engel with his Magnificent Wanderers, uh, Daniel Feldrap with his OBR, Wolfgang Bongratz with his KO. Uh, Lumineth Realm, uh, sorry, Christian Gretsch with his Lumineth Realm Lords, Andreas Holter with his Disciples of Zinch, uh, Daniel Palmer with his Lumineth Realm Lords, and that was quite a cool list because it had four Wind Spirits, so it had uh, had Severith and it had three Wind Spirits. Normally, you see Severith, two Wind Spirits, and thirty Sentinels is what you normally see, and then Tim Winzig with his Lumineth Realm Lords as well. Um, uh, that would be cool, Enwald, if they could do a write-up. That would be good. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, yeah. So that is uh, that event in Germany. It looks fantastic. Hoping to get more results from uh, any German events. So if there are any German events and people could let me know, that would be quite cool. Okay, so dominating the headlines at the moment, dominating the headlines at the moment is the event, uh, the Warhammer Open GT. Now, not particularly because it's, uh, I don't think, is it our biggest event? 77 yeah it is our biggest event of the weekend uh so it you know makes sense but it's specifically what did well over the weekend now caleb walters and bill souza are in the 4-0 bracket uh, sorry 5-0 bracket 
uh, with Caleb Walters with the Disciples of Zinchlist, which is a little bit of a twist on what we've seen with Disciples of Zinchlist. So I'll talk about that in a moment. And then Bill Souza uh, with his uh, Sinesh Godseekers list. And I think that's kind of like a big story for the weekend. Now, um, all these uh, lists are available on BCP. Uh, which is where I got them from, if you go and track them down on BCP. And it's fairly easy to search for the list on BCP, to be honest. Uh, you guys should um, uh, do it. Bill in a 5-0 shocker, correct. Um, we'll talk about that. We should talk about that, because it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, now, this is probably going to be... Before I even jump into this conversation... Um, uh, <laughs> Sinesh doing well or Bill Sousa doing well? It's kind of got to be that conversation because actually, if we look at the stats before we look at this event at the weekend, let's go have a quick look for you guys at Sinesh. One second. Uh, so if we look at Sinesh, as you guys can see here, they have a 40% win rate, 40% win rate, and they most often go uh, two wins. So 60% of the time they get two wins out of a five round event. Um, Godseekers is the most taken sub faction. Uh, Lurid Hayes is second and Pretenders is third. Um, they love a good uh, Warlord Battalion. Um, is Sinesh doing well or Bill Sousa doing well? Thank you very much, Twitch chat, for the uh, the vote on that. Um, it's 100% Bill. It is 100% Bill. Now, if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, Bill Sousa used to be the captain of the um, Worlds, it's called the Worlds now, the Worlds Age of Sigmar a team for America. If you don't know what that means, every year uh, the World's AOS Championship is a collection of eight-man teams from, or eight-person teams, apologies, eight-person teams from around the world uh, who get together. The first one was held last year. It used to be called the ETC, so the European Team Championships, uh, but it's now changed. The 40k version is called the WTC, so the World Team Championships, and the um, the Age of Sigmar version is called Age of Sigmar Worlds. Uh, Bill was formerly the captain and chairman, um, and now is, uh, I don't know what he is, is he just a player? Not sure. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, uh, he's he's an amazing dude, and we also talked about him on the stat show a few weeks ago, where he, a few months ago, sorry, where he ended up winning an event with also Flesh Eater Courts, with an allied in uh, Fort Drogger Kicker, or whatever the hell he name is, but the, the Death Mega Gargant you can ally in, and that's pretty exciting. Hey Alice, thanks for uh, subscribing, baby. Um, I nine months and, and Sinesh beating the weak US meta. Okay, all right. Let's let's devolve the conversation a little bit, right? Let's just devolve the conversation a bit. Is Bill brilliant? Question mark. Is the American meta weak and everyone's rubbish? Question mark. Those are the questions currently being asked all around the world. I don't know the answers. Yeah, that's why I don't know. I know Bill's excellent, but I don't know if he's playing into a weaker meta. Right, that's the real question you want to ask yourselves. Yeah, you guys in the chat ask, uh, but it does bring up a kind of very fascinating conversation about how to play, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Let's talk about the lists, and let's talk about Caleb first, because Caleb also went five zero, and that's going to get drowned out a little bit at the minute. So the link uh, for his list is in the chat, and Caleb's got an excellent list. I love this, uh, so we're going to talk about it now. So he's got, um, uh, by the way, Caleb, if you're listening, if you ever ever take a picture of your list and put it on Battlescribe again, not Battlescribe, sorry, BCP again, I will travel to wherever you live and I will have words. Not like aggressive words, just more like I'll probably cry. I'll knock on the door. Are you Caleb? Yes. I'll cry tears down my face 
and then you'll have to console me. That's what will happen. Please, Caleb. And everyone, please don't take pictures of your lists. Don't do that. Not for anyone. Um, uh, Caleb's got an excellent list. I wholly predict Rob to, to list four Mega Gargans. Dave, so it's a Zinch list, right? And it's Hos Arcanum. So immediately you think, okay, Hos Arcanum, I regularly see um, uh, Archeon in there. That's what I see. But it's not. Um, <laughs> so what he's got is an Ogroid Thermitage. So he's obviously taken Prize Sorcery. Um <laughs> Is Bill good or does America suck? Thank you to my mods for helping me with the uh, votes in the chat, by the way. Um, he's got uh, an Ogroid Thermitage, who's the general. He's got Spell Hunters and the Fang Circlet. So those are the artifacts and command traits that you have to take if you take Host Arcanum, which does mean he gets six free Screamers in addition as being able to unbind spells on the first, third, and fifth turn, which is really exciting. He's got Fate Weaver with Zinch's Firestorm. He's got a Change Caster, as I call him, the Wind Caster, which is a one-cast wizard that can cast up to seven spells if you just keep rolling nines uh, with uh, Arcane Transformation. He's got a Lord of Change. This is where it really starts to mix out because you don't generally... See, you don't normally normally see the Ogroid anyway, but he does have a D6 Mortal Wound spell on his War Scroll that Kairos is able to cast. So that means, and as does, sorry, the Change Caster. So this gives Kairos the ability to do Gift of Change, which is flat six Mortal Wounds, and then cast two spells from two different other wizards, producing another 2D6 Mortal Wounds, which is really exciting. Uh, he's then got the Blue Scribes, which is um, uh, going to give an aura of um, uh, reroll casts from his War Scroll spell. Uh, and then, by the way, the Lord of Change has also got the Amulet of Destiny and Bottles Inch. Now, the Amulet of Destiny on the Lord of Change is quite cool, giving him that 5-up ward in addition. But, most importantly, the list has got two monsters already with the ability to add a third monster, which is quite cool. Then he's got three lots of ten Karakakalites as battle line, and then he's got three Skyfires, Chronomantic Cogs, and the Umbral Spell Portal. Now, those Skyfires are excellent, I have to say, as a trading piece don't know what i'm talking about sometimes uh what you do is you need a little unit that can go and trade sometimes they're chaff trading units that aren't particularly effective at all uh more utility is something like a shadow stonker and something really rubbish is like an aether wing so you've got aether wings that just drop on an objective get charged and killed and then you counter charge the unit killed it the uh uh skyfires are a lot better than that they're, they're right at the further end of that they're what you would sometimes see in msu units and effectively they've got the ability not to delete anything but they can kill a character kill a battle line unit like they're a good good unit for achieving a battle tactic uh, i think at 210 points um, and they can go and achieve something small and quite nice and you see more of this and when i talk about bills list in a minute i think that's going to be quite key um i'm just gonna see what you guys are saying uh what if you really love the person who asked for your picture of your list and they message you in the middle of the night? You still have to type it out. Uh, Ogre Spell also heals the cast by wound for each model slain, which is brilliant. Angle agreed. Um, uh, when are the rules packs being sent for you? Uh, Davidams, I will send you a link. Uh, I'll, I'll message today. Today. Gift to chain sounds like when your nan used to sell take pounds of coins your birthday card. <laughs> excellent okay right good all right so uh so big shout out to um caleb with this list because what caleb's doing really is he's relying on that summoning now since uh chronomantic cogs got the change so it's only benefit buffing one unit he still put it in his list because he's still casting lots of spells he's got the ability to put down flamers or pink horrors or blue horrors pretty early for board control and he's got a lot of damage in the midfield which i think is quite exciting coming out of that spell casting it's a big spell casting bubble and the more spells 
he casts, the more damage he does, but also the more summoning he gets. So it's like a win. It's a win-win condition for his own list, um, and it's not going to give up uh, the tertiary, so the grand strategy particularly well. Uh, so like you're going to have to kill all the wizards, which would be fairly hard. Um, yeah, I really like Caleb's list. I think it's really really fun, uh, and it must be some clutch dice rolls for unbinds and also casts. And you got to talk about Host Arcanum again, ability to shut down spell casting. So you don't even need to rely on Kairos turns one three and five because you can auto unbind a spell that means you're shutting down some pretty important spells for your opponent your opponent's armies which is quite important and then you can kairos stuff uh, which is really important as well so um uh, is this the first 5-0 with heed knights it is um but that's because of bill and again not because of anyone else right so let's go and talk about bill's list so i'm going to put bill's list in the chat for you guys and then i'll read it out uh, and again, it'll be in the show notes. So uh, the Allegiance is Sinesh, obviously, and it's God Seekers. Um, and then uh, he's got the Contorted Epitome, uh, Epitome, 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 your choice, who's the general. And his command trait is Speed Chaser and the Rapture Circlet. And then it's Universal Spell Law, he's chosen Flaming Weapons. So that's going to take all of those attacks from the uh, Epitome and then give them uh, plus one damage. So he's going to take them up to damage three, and I think on base nine attacks, which is phenomenal. Like, genuinely really, really good. Then he's got two units of five Hellstriders. Oh, sorry. He's then got Senesa, the voice of Sinesh, as well. Then he's got two units of five Hellstriders, one Seeker Chariot. Then he's got those three times five Bliss Barb Seekers as well. 220 points for the Bliss Barb Seekers. Um, and then he's got uh, one Chaos Spawn, and then he has three, count them, three cockatrices. Three cockatrices in that list. And then Soul Snare Shackles and the Burning Head. Right? So, uh, we did hear that he also played against Anthony Trentinelli as well. And I think he did uh, 18 mortal wounds. So, the cockatrices uh, do D6 mortal wounds each. And I think he did the max uh, out of one unit, which is pretty important. Now, What's quite cool here is this is an MSU army, so multiple small units. They're all really, really small, but it's super weak, super, super weak. And you've got to ask yourself how he did really well with this. Now, I was lucky enough that I actually spoke to Bill before he even attended the event. He sent me the list and we had like a conversation about it um, pre going in. And this is where we get to have a really great conversation about the European meta, potentially, especially off the back of Blood Tithe or generally two ways to play age of sigmar which i've talked about on the monday show and i've also talked about on earlier shows in that you've got smash and grab lists that's how i'm going to describe them if you guys have got a different name for it smash and grab lists this is a grab list yeah so i'll just define them out really quickly for you guys a smash list would be something like eight or nine salamanders in dracothian tail as an example what it does, teleports the slan, nine, eight salamanders drop down, and they just unleash murder. Another good example of a smash list is Marathian, the bow snakes. You have those, uh, those bow snakes who just smash and smash again. Effectively, what it means is you're, you're, it's a very European term, and in 40, it's got a very interesting similarity to 40k, where in 40k, especially because of a lot of team events in Europe, you generally had a very aggro, alpha, smashy arm, armies, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I did that, Jacob Berry. I don't know what the stats are of that, but love you loads. Um, uh, but, so those are smash lists. Basically, what they do is they do outrageous amounts of damage, and they reduce your ability 
to fight back or do anything useful. Well, that's how I describe them. So smash lists. Now, I've talked about this a lot on the Monday show, and I've talked about this a lot. There are some lists and there are some players who are designing themselves grab lists. And what I mean by that is they're trying to grab points where they can and control the board space, not looking to just annihilate their opponent. It's a very different. What they're trying to do is maximize how many points that they score from the primary and the battle tactics without really thinking about how, how will I kill this unit? How will I kill that unit? That's not where their head's at. They're like, okay, I'm going to run these three units. That's going to get me those points. I'm going to do it with three monsters. There's a bonus point. Yeah. Um, so that's like four megas. Four megas are a good example. Yeah. They don't really kill everything. They just grab. Four megas is a little bit like... It's, yeah, maybe the dumbest version of, of that version of the list. Thanks, Jacob Berry, for donating five gift subscriptions. That's super nice of you. Thanks, babe. Um, uh, but you would, you would say that um, this is a grab list. And what it does is, is it generates loads of battle tactics early, and some of them are so easy to achieve early. Monstrous Takeover is a pretty simple one to do. Um, uh, Ferocious Advance, running three units, is also really simple to do as well. He could do that with uh, the Contorted Epitome. He could do that with Senessa. Um, uh, he can definitely do it with the Bliss Barb Seekers. But because of how... What I think Bill's done here that's so, so clever is because of how the Sinesh Allegiance ability works, where if you do damage to a unit but you don't wipe it out, you generate a depravity point which you can use for summoning. All he's doing with his army is generating, and now he, uh, he's generating depravity points across his army and the opponent's army, and then just looking to put as many units on the board quickly in the mid game which is actually really fascinating as a tempo list as well and by tempo i mean how the list plays some lists that don't have summoning have very strong early game tempo because um they hit hard and they smash early but they tail off towards the end other lists that work where they get some summoning later on um their tempo tends to accelerate as time goes on uh like gargants are a good good example of something that have a variable tempo dependo variable tempo depending on how your opponent like interacts with them uh hey diadrin hello everyone by the way uh so hey math mallow so he's what he's done is he's just effectively holding the game up scoring points here and there until turn three where you have these you have the clutch turn roll to see who gets what turn and who removes an objective and then he's also generating summoning points now i'm going to interview bill hopefully this week about this list and generally his thoughts on the difference between smash and grab lists in, in Age of Sigmar. Very interesting off the back of the 400 clubs win last weekend where we generally tended to see them have four smash lists. Um, I suppose the Gargant list was a grab list, so three and uh, three and one. Um, but very interesting conversation. And I think some of the lists, we saw Benjamin Savas' list play against Jack... Armstrong's list, where Benjamin's list tends to be more of a grab list than it is necessarily a smash list, and that was the Nurgle list. So they, they, there's some nice counterplay between what those two lists are trying to achieve and what those two generally strategies are trying to achieve, and how you can write your lists, which I find quite exciting. Uh, yeah, so um, that is the two people in five and zero oh at the uh, at the Warhammer Open. Um, it keeps being called Nola, but I don't know what that means. So um, uh, hello everyone, by the way. Hello, everyone. So, yes, so we had Disciples of Zinch and we had um, uh, Sinesh in Godseekers. So, congratulations. And both of those two lists are on the Honest Wargame website already for you guys. Um, now, in the 4 1 bracket, uh, we have Gavin Grigar with his Beasts of Chaos, Gavspawn. We're going to come back to that in a minute. 
Uh, Evan Miller with his Warclans, Jacob Brandon with his Skaven, Nicholas Walters with his Iron Jaws, big shout out to him. Sergio Ortiz with his Iron Net Deepkin, which is excellent. They rarely get into the 4-1 bracket, so congratulations, Sergio. Thomas Zenon uh, with his Daughters of Cain. Uh, Dean Bills, oh, I haven't written this down. Dean Bills, whatever you're running, congratulations, and I'm sorry. Uh, oh, no, you, you were running Seraphon, Cottle's Core Seraphon. Um, then Anthony Trentinelli with his Slaves to Darkness, uh, Knights of the Empty Throne, his only loss being to Bill. Uh, Cody Sol uh, Duncan Bills with his Lumineth Realm Lords uh, Elithia uh, list. Oh, wait, Dean Bills and Duncan Bills. Are you brothers? That's awesome. Uh, Cody Salts with his Soberlight Gravelords Vrycross list, which is actually really interesting because Soberlight Gravelords Vrycross generally have a, a much lower win rate than some of the other sub-factions. So congratulations to him. And then uh, George Gabriel with his Sons of Behemoth. Now, I don't normally do this, but there is a, a lovely couple called the Partners of War. Um, they're super sweet people. Uh, they have a YouTube channel and Steve, uh, like Steve, I don't know how to say your last name, Steve, so don't get mad at me. Patek, 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 whatever, um, went 3.5. So he got three wins and a draw at, um, with his Iron Jaws list. And it's not because he's a YouTuber. He's just a sweet human being. Uh, and I think he should, he deserves a, a shout out for that. So congratulations. That's excellent. Right. Let's talk about Gavin Grieger. Um, I love Partners of War. They're so bloody wholesome. There we go. The chat stands. I get you. We're we're all we're all. That's why I'm saying. That's why I shouted it out because uh, Putasek. Uh, is that how you say it? Putasek. Steve Putasek. Either way, congratulations, Kevin Grieger. Let's talk about Kevin Grieger, shall we? Put the link in the chat. Four and one with Beasts of Chaos at the same events in Eshko five and zero. Oh. Have a conversation with yourselves about that. That's what we should do. Now, Gavin, sorry, Gavin Grieger uh, was running a Gavspawn Beast of Chaos list. There are three sub-factions uh, for um, Beast of Chaos. You'll only ever take Gavspawn because it's got the ability to spam a command ability from um, uh, a Chaos Spawn to give extra attacks to units around it. He has a Dragon Ogre Shagoth uh, as his uh, general. Uh, is it his general? No, it's not a general. He has just has a dragon ogre shagoth with a mutating Gnarblade and the Lore of the Dark Storms. Uh, he has a Zangor Shaman um, as well. Uh, and the, he was the general with the Unraveling Aura and then Titanic Fury. And then another Zangor Shaman uh, with Wild Rampage. A great Bray Shaman with Savage Dominion. And then Grashrak Fellhoof. Uh, and then a Slave to Darkness Demon Prince with the Mark of Corn that was allied in. Uh, thank you to uh, uh, Ziggy for donating the gift subscription in the chat. That's super nice of you. Um, uh, right, can't spam anymore. Yeah, I know, you can no longer spam, uh, which is sad. But you used to be able to, which is why you often saw Gavspawn. Uh, and that Slaves to Darkness Demon Prince is, I think, fairly clutch. Because, again, don't forget, he's got the command ability for Blood Slick Ground. Uh, so halving charge rolls within, I think, 18, maybe 24 inches, which is wild. But then he's got three units. No, is it three? One, two, three. Five. Five. Is it five? One, two, three, four, five. Five units of Zangor Beasts of Shaman. Um, Zangor, sorry. Zangor Beasts of Chaos. Three, t oh, sorry, five times ten Zangor Beasts of Chaos. So 50 of them. Uh, he also had two Chaos Spawn as well and the Umbral Spell Portal. So there's a lot of tech inside the Beasts of Chaos list, but it's super hard to achieve. You've got Devolve, which is really important for bringing units off objectives. But those Zangors um, in combat, they've got two wounds each, don't forget. They're not bad. Um, uh, they're not bad in a fight. They're like they're up there for like medium infantry. 
Um, how is that list anything other than rubbish? Uh, yes, uh, the Shagoth spell also halves the charge. Thanks, Cabbage. Um, so yeah, the, the Shagoth uh, spell that they have also um, halves the charge. So this, how does this, how is this list anything other than rubbish is a great question. Because what it's trying to do is very much what Bill was trying to do. It's trying to achieve points, not kill. That's the key point, yeah? That's what I'm trying to say. It's trying to achieve points. Um, <laughs> they're trying to achieve points on the board as opposed to just wipe stuff out, which is quite interesting. It's kind of the ultimate, like, I've just got rubbish, which is a bit of a Beasts of Chaos meme. If you're a Beasts of Chaos player, which there aren't many, they're like, everything I see is chaff. And that's how their army generally works. But it's got a lot of control deck. So if you played Magic the Gathering, kind of blue style stuff, it's got a lot of control in its spells. Now, those spells are difficult to get off in some situations, obviously. Um, but they've also got some summoning for holding up some units as well. So, um, uh, uh, so ultimately, I'm not really sure how this list did this well. I'd like to reach out to Gavin and maybe he does a write-up it's confounding this particular like i would like to say that maybe america is feeling bad for everyone in australia right now who can't play and they just want to flip the the meta on its head maybe gavin's a bit of a genius i think he's one of the texas boys as well texas is a bit of a cutthroat area for age of sigma there's a lot of reps the guys between houston texas and all the other guys they play a lot with each other uh they have this interstate right well interstate inner city uh, intercity rivalry which is excellent and you generally get um uh, you get a lot of like play there, which is really exciting. Um, uh, but yes, uh, so really exciting. And as Cabbage is saying in the chat, you've got a lot of uh, buffs going on that Dragon Ogre Shagoth to try and get some like big damage there. Okay, so that was America and the Orlando Open. Is it the Orlando? I don't know. New Orleans Open. New Orleans Open or something. Who cares? It's America. Um, and then uh, we have the TTB AOS Annual Open. Uh, this had 19 players in it. Uh, this was won uh, by... Oh, I just opened this up earlier. One second. So this again can be found on BCP if you guys want to go to BCP uh, and have a look there. Uh, and this was won by Gear Vedad. Videld? Gear Videld. Uh, with his Lumineth, Realm Lords, Sire list. Uh, and the list, as you guys can see, uh, is in the chat. In, in Intrastate. Thank you. That's the right way to describe it. He was running a Sire, Lumineth, Realm Lords list with Techless. He had two lots of 10 Wardens. He had 30 Sentinels, 20 more Sentinels, and 10 more Wardens. So 50 Sentinels, the Spell Portal, and the Wardens. This list does so well everywhere. It's just an amazing list. Uh, I would quite like to see Wardens go up some points, personally. Not Wardens, sorry. Sentinels go up some points. But I'm sure there's a bunch of people who bought them uh, who don't want that at all. Um, the list is in the chat if you guys want to see what uh, 50 Sentinels looks like. looks like. Uh, then, um, uh, in the 4-1 bracket, you had Lassie Cowboy with Daughters of Cain, Marathian the Postnakes, Christian Brubacken with his Ironet Deepkin, again, congratulations, that's excellent work, and Tom Kenneth Solly with his Seraphon Fangs of Sotek. Then finally, in our 5-0, uh, sorry, in our two-day events, we had Onslaught up in Scotland, uh, 36 people played, uh, you can find the list on Tabletop TO or in the show notes below. In 5-0 was our man, uh, Listbot himself, Mr. JP Gannis, uh, running Sons of Behemoth. He was running a four Megas list, uh, two Gatebreakers, two War Stompers. Um, he had uh, the, the Enchanted Portcullis on one Gatebreaker and the 
um, uh, Amulet of Destiny on the other Gatebreaker. Uh, and uh, I think he had two bosses of the stomp, effectively. Uh, so that was JP's list. Congratulations to him. Another 5-0 for the Sons of Behemoth. Um, and then the 4-1 bracket, we had Nathan Watson with Legion of the First Prince, Craig Graham with his Soulblight Gravelords, Lee Martin with his Daughters of Cain, Adam Turner with his Sons of Behemoth, uh, John B with his Seraphon, and then David Jack with his Soulblight Gravelords, uh, which was Castelli, uh, which is uh, far more regular. So that is... Uh, and congratulations to JP as well. I'm not diminishing... Uh, I'm not not spending time uh, reading your list. I just don't have much to talk about. We've talked about the Gargant's list already. Uh, the Double Gatebreaker, obviously they're the most destructive of the three Gargant variants that you can take, not including the Man Crushers. Um, they've got, I think they've got Ren 3, Damage 3, uh, really potent. Uh, they can smash terrain down as well. And then putting the Enchanted Portcullis, which is a 6-up ward, and then Amulet of Destiny, which is 5-up ward, means they're more, they survive longer on those objectives, which is really all you're trying to do with the Gargant's. Um, so there we go. Uh, why do we think Nighthorn aren't good at the moment? Uh, their rules, points, uh, and battle tone uh, is what I'm going to say. Uh, so Pinecone TK, thanks for subscribing. Okay, so yeah, that's the weekend. Uh, now some upcoming events. Uh, I'm only going to talk about one. There are loads of upcoming events, including Bobo this weekend in the UK and other events around the world. We've got things like Armacon coming up, uh, AOS Six Nations. There's a there's a bunch of events. We've still got uh, the Runax Team Tournament happening over in Australia. So there's loads of events around the world uh, to talk about. But one I'd like to talk about really quickly is because some of the Australians are still locked down, um, they've been running an online event called GCon Online. Uh, which has been happening. You guys may have seen, uh, we covered this actually earlier in one of the shows um, with me and Smorgan going through it. Um, and they had these player cards where they got put into pools and they got played skill versus skill and ended up with Smorgan versus Matt Tyrell in the final. That hasn't finished. And actually, if you want to watch it live, it's happening Wednesday, 8 p.m. Australian time or 10 a.m. UK time. It's on TTS, uh, but... We all know that lockdown hit most of us really hard and loads of people wanting to play in person or be a part of the conversation still uh, in the world of gaming aren't able to because of restrictions, which is completely fair and safe. Uh, so they're playing on TTS and that's the final. So that's happening at the weekend, uh, which is cool. Um, uh, right. So I'm just going to take a sip of water now and let's have a look at some stats, shall we? Which is really fun. Mm. Ah. Hello, everyone in the chat. Um, okay, so let's look. At, let's look at some stats. Let's go. Let's go look at this. So sh again, shout out to Rob, Ziggy, and the stats crew uh, for this. So let me just close this down. Okay, now this isn't all of the events that have happened in Age of Sigmar three yet. We're hoping that we're going to have a put. We're going to have put this all in by the weekend. Uh, so by Monday, and anyone that would like to help out with that, give us a shout. Why are you alone? Com. It's a great question, buddy. I always have been. <laughs> it's a great question. Um, <laughs> so what we're looking at is the stats. Um, and now we don't have all, like I say, we don't have all the events, but we do have enough for what we think is like statistically relevant to have a conversation. Now, I expect some of this to change, and we'll see if this changes. Uh, we have 1,700 matches in our data set so far with 35,000 data points. So it's it's not insignificant, um, uh, but here we go. Now, I expect some of these numbers to change around when we get them all inputted, but the most successful army at the moment based on these, and again, these aren't complete, so they're going to change, um, is Lumineth, Realm Lords, Daughters of Cain up there as well with Sons of Behemoth. I actually expect Sons of Behemoth numbers to go up. I expect Lumineth, Realm Lords uh, numbers 
uh, to stay the same or get towards 60. And I think Daughters of Cain will stay the same as well. Uh, Slaves to Darkness, uh, 58%. Let's kind of like talk about what we think is doing well anyway. Seraphon, Legion of Chaos Ascendant, Disciples of Zinch, Slaves to Darkness, Sons, Daughters of Cain, Lumineth Realm Lords, all at the top. Super okay. Yeah, with only problem children being Lumineth Realm Lords, Daughters of Cain, and Sons of Behemoth. I would say that they're problem children. Uh, thanks, Royal Polygeek, um, uh, for subscribing. Appreciate you letting me pretend I'm competent in this a hobby instead of World War One General Cindy Teens over the top. <laughs> That's basically how we play anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's look at who's doing really bad. Really bad. Beast of Chaos. And Gloomspite Gibbs, which is what makes Gavin's win, uh, Gavin going 4-1 at the weekend, so impressive. They're at 30% win rate. Some of the worst we've seen so far. Stormcast at 32%, and this is pre the new book. Uh, and Blaze of Corn also doing really badly, along with Skaven, which is fascinating. Skaven have dropped off massively since Age of Sigmar 2, where they were pretty dominant at a 60% win rate at one point. They've dropped down to a 38% win, win rate at the minute. They just seem to not be doing well. Heed Knights at 40% as well at that lower end, and that's quite interesting because, again, obviously Bill doing really well with them. Um, I think uh, lots, of, lots of conversations about how to build lists that do different things as opposed to just trying to create smash lists out of it. Uh, Nine Storm Fiends, Warhammer Rob. Now, obviously, Nine Storm Fiends got a lot of uh, traction because someone like Benjamin Sava, who's quite well known, has been running them. But he's been one of the few, if only, people to actually run them uh, around the world. No one else has decided to put those on the tabletop. Um, and so we haven't seen those results posted. And um, they, they just haven't posted the results, so we haven't seen them do well. It's that simple, really. So Skaven are doing badly. Maybe people need to move into the Nine Storm Fiends. Maybe people, maybe people need to play in a different way. Not really sure. Um, but that's, again, I expect some of this to change a little bit, but I don't expect, like, especially the mill. Um, but we always talk about this on the show. Anything over 55% is a problem. Something Games Workshop should address. Uh, but at least we're not 40k. That's all I can say. Uh, but yeah, LRL are incredibly effective when we go and look at the next one. This is the next one uh, that we're going to look at right here. Uh, we're going to look at the 5 plus uh, finish rates, the 4 plus finish rates, and the 3 plus win finish rates. So anyone that went 5-0, anyone that went 4-1, and anyone that went 3-2. Now if we look at Disciples of Zinch, let me just get my, uh, my, my little notes up for myself. Uh, if we look at Disciples of Zinch, uh, they've done uh, quite well. Um, so they got 14%, so they're the most successful army going 5-0, but they're not the most successful for getting 4-1-5-0 um, or 3-2-4-1-5-0. So the culmination of effectively positive wins versus negative wins. So because if you win three or more, basically, um, you're in that positive bracket and anything below that, they're actually only at 50%, 58% cumulatively. 58% cumulatively, which I find quite interesting. By the way, as we fill in more stats, we will be able to drop this down into countries, for instance, like in the UK. Um, uh, I don't know. Oh, that, is that going to change it? Oh, it might not change it. Maybe it hasn't changed it today. Uh, Australia. Australia does change it. Um, I'm not sure how. Uh, that's something I need to look at in the future. Um, but uh, eventually, we're going to be able to base it on countries as well. So we'll also have regional metas in the stats, which is really exciting. Again, thanks to the crew. Uh, but just to kind of like break this stuff down, 
Zinch are really good at going 5-0. And I think that's because we've got Zinch Archeon. I think that's the conversation we need to have. Zinch Archeon, so, so dominant. Um, and that's the list that we're seeing go 5-0. I don't think the Zinch book as a whole is very good, uh, like wholesale. But I think Zinch Archeon and like and maybe some Zinch summoning builds are what you're seeing go 5-0, right? Um, uh, Art War 40k. Oh, thanks, Diffy, for donating a thousand bits. That's super cool. Um, oh, that's awesome. Uh, do we have access to that? Uh, Tarquinex, we don't. No one has access to it yet because it's still not finished. Uh, but we may embed it on the site at some point, um, or we might pro just produce some images for people in the future so you guys can see if that helps. Uh, we might even do some blog posts on it, but I'm going to make some videos from it. It's cool. Um, anyway, uh, see you later, guy. Big love to you. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. That's a great idea, Tarquinex. That's something we could do. Uh, so, Disciples of Zinch, there we go. We talked about that. 5-0, Zinch Archeon, that's what we're seeing. Slaves to Darkness, um, they're in a position where they're at 60%. So, 60%. So, three twos, four ones, and five O's together, 60%. So, they're in that kind of positive bracket for, for winning uh, games, which I think is interesting. Flesh Eater Courts, though, are actually not, which I th find quite cool. Um, they are 45% cumulatively between uh, the three different categories that we're talking about. Um, and they do quite well in the 3-2. They're 27% in the 3-2, but they're not the kings of 3-2. The kings of 3-2 are Sons of Behemoth. So Sons of Behemoth have a phenomenal number. 71% of their armies, 71% of their armies go 3-2, or 5 0 70 2%. Now, it's not Lumineth Realm Lords who are 80%, but it's very, very high, as are Daughters of Cain. The kings, or queens, sorry, of the 4-1 bracket, 37% of finishes for Daughters of Cain have ended up in the 4-1 bracket. That's crazy. In the 5-0 bracket, but they struggle, struggle a lot to get into the 5-0 bracket. Only 3% of their wins end up in the 5-0 bracket which is really, really interesting. Um, like, really, like, what's stopping them capping over? Is there a hard counter to Daughters of Cain? Like, this is, we're going to do a deep dive next Monday, and if you guys got any questions, like, why do I think this is this? Why do you think this is this? Whatever you, like, whatever question you want to ask, leave them in the comments on YouTube or tweet us or whatever so we can break this down because I think it'd be really cool. Uh, to ask those questions. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Let's talk about some of the losers here. Uh, specifically ogres. Where are they? Where are they? Ogremore tribes. Ogremore tribes. Ah, losers isn't unfair, unfair. They're actually in the middle. 41% cumulatively between 3-1s, 4-1s, and 5-0s. Um, but they, they tail off really hard. They do very well at getting two wins, but they do not do well wholesale. Um... At, uh, at getting further up the board, um, uh, so I quite so this is this is an interesting table. We're going to look at this more and more. But again, that Lumineth Realm Lord stat, if you guys look on the screen, is bonkers. Forty six percent of their finishes are a three two, twenty six are a four one, eight percent are a five zero, for a total of eighty percent, a total of eighty percent. Um, it could be good to see how many five. Uh, thanks, Kratos, with a gun. Uh, I'll write that down. Uh, the most popular armies, Sons of Behemoth, is the most popular army played currently in our data set. Um, again, we'll finish this off. Uh, Soulblight Gravelords, the second. Seraphon, third. Ogre Moor Tribes um, are uh, 
fourth. Uh, Stormcast actually played quite a lot as well, and Lumineth um, uh, in there in, I think, sixth, sixth place. Armies that aren't played a lot, Bone Splitters, Beast of Chaos, Hedon Knights, Legion of Chaos Ascendant are not played much, but if you actually go back and look at Legion of Chaos Ascendant, everyone who does play them does phenomenally well. Yeah, Legion of Chaos Ascendant finish 45% of the time 3-2, 9% of the time 4-1, and 9% of the time uh, they go 5-0. They're actually the fourth most successful in our data set, the fourth most successful army for going 5-0. So it's not played much, but um, uh, whoever does play it does very well with it. I'm not going to say it's a general's army, but it feels like that's the situation. It's also a bit of a janky army. It's probably one of the most difficult armies to construct to even know it exists. It's not quite a user-friendly army. Uh, so I think it's you're seeing a lot of um, uh, seasoned gamers use that particular faction. Uh, right. Oh, did we do the meta overview participation? Oh, yeah, nice. Thanks, Ziggs. You did do this. Uh, what I find quite interesting, let me just go find out here if that does it, uh, is a meta representation versus their ability to go 3-2 and how that how that doesn't correlate because or, or doesn't doesn't in some situations. So the armies so the most po so the most popular army is Sons of Behemoth is the second most likely to give you a positive win rate at a tournament. Soul like Grave Lords, second most popular army. They're like the seventh most likely to give you a positive win rate um, uh, at 57%. At Seraphon, third most popular army. Uh, and again, um, they've got 57% chance of giving you a positive win rate. So over half. Where it gets really interesting, really interesting if you take something like Magakin of Nurgle. Let's go pick that. So they're, they're not that popular, 4%, and they give you a half win rate. So there is a general consistent trend that the more likely to give you a positive win rate an army is, the more popular it is in the meta. Effectively, what I'm saying is, and why we initiated the conversation about the 4-1 bracket and so on, is because people choose armies that are going to do generally well. Yeah? Um... I know that's I know that's a broad statement, but it does give you some indication. Like, uh, why are there not loads of, for instance, flesh eater courts? Right. Well, they have a suboptimal win opportunity. I think we should call this the win opportunity uh, scale. Uh, so they forty five percent of the time. Um, so that's a negative. They'll they'll go three plus. So that's below. Right. So, and they're not that popular. Fire slayers similarly. Yeah, not that popular. Two percent of the meta. 38% um, uh, go uh, three plus. So they're not that popular, right? Uh, so they're not that popular, maybe because they're not strong. Um, Blades of Corn, 2.6% uh, of the meta, only an 11% chance. Oh my God, 11% chance to go uh, three plus, basically. I don't think it's chance. I think it's 11% of the time they go three plus. I think chance is the wrong word I'm using, so apologies. Uh, and then OBR. Let's do OBR for the chat. Um, they're 3.2% of the meta, so not that popular, but 50%, 50% uh, chance to go 3+. plus. So they're actually doing pretty well. Anyway, we'll, we'll look more at this uh, in the deep dive, and we'll ask some questions as to why. But I think this is one of those really interesting ones. Uh, KO, uh, same. Uh, but there seems to be generally a correlation between the more popular the army because it ha has the ability to do better at events. 
effectively. Uh, with some outstanding ones in being Legion of the Chaos Ascendant, only 1.6% of the meta, but the fourth most likely uh, to get you three plus wins, 64%. So there are some armies out there with some like sneaky little plays. Sylvaneth also, 2.8% of the meta, oh, uh, 40%. Oh, I thought Mathmalo stats would have changed it, but it didn't, which is rubbish. Okay, uh, and then finally, we're going to look at a couple of different armies here um, uh, because it's fun to do so. Uh, so this is our faction review page. We'll look at this in some detail. Sons of Behemoth have got a 60% win rate, um, and they generally, the most the most popular army is Taker Tribe. They have a 61% win rate, so Taker Tribe as a sub-faction. Breaker Tribe is the second most popular, and that's got the bigger win percentage, 67%, uh, and then Stomper Tribe. And look at that. So even though we've been tracking, well, this isn't all of the stats again, but the most popular battalion usage already is Bosses of the Stomp. Of course it is. Of course it's Bosses of the Stomp with four megas, right? Um, Tarquinex, who did this? So if you guys would like Ziggy's in the chat, uh, so at Ziggy in the chat. Uh, so this was him and Warhammer Rob and the stats crew. Um, so, uh, these are the guys. Uh, I take it you'll be adding faction matchups at some point as well. Oh, no problem. Uh, who would you like to see Sons of Behemoth play against? Now, uh, let's have Sons of Behemoth play against someone who's also popular, Soulblight Gravelords. So, Sons of Behemoth versus Soulblight Gravelords. Let's go do this. Boosh. So, uh, Sons of Behemoth have a 52% win rate there against Soulblight Gravelords. It's pretty close. Um, uh, the instances of, uh, nope, no, no. Uh, so they're generally good at first blood, tectonic interference and feral foray. Uh, so these are the battle plans they do quite well against, um, in this situation. Uh, uh holy crap. Damn, this is advanced stuff. <laughs> uh, that's why we've taken us a while. It's not quite a tweet, right? Um, like anyone can, anyone can rip me off and do a tweet. This takes some work, uh, by the crew. So well done to the crew. Uh, so anyway. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, so that's the head-to-head -head stuff, but we're, we're not doing that today. Uh, we'll do that on a deep dive. Sons of Behemoth, we've looked at them. Let's look at Daughters of Cain, because I think this is one of the interesting things, because I hate the Edgelord Calibron players. Yeah, If you're one of them, I'm coming for you. Uh, and this is something that we need to have a little look at. So Daughters of Cain, right? 61% win rate. They're one of our problem children in the meta. They're slightly too good. Marathi, the Bow Snakes, they're slightly too good. Uh, as you guys can see, they do really well. They're the top of the bracket in the 4-1 bracket. They're the king queens of the 4-1 bracket, which isn't what I was expecting. Um, however, the most popular army played is Hagnar, uh, and they have a huge dominant win rate versus Calibron. 68% of the Hagnar... Uh, so Hagnar have a 68% win rate versus Calibron, who have a 48% win rate. 48% win rate. As you can see. And they often, as one Rob's pointing out in the chat, look at this. Their most popular battalion is the Battle Regiment. Looking to get that one drop, get that Bow Snake shooting in early, or stop someone alphaing off their Bow Snakes, which is one of those things. Right? Um, and then, again, uh, so, yeah. And they just they just dominate this 4-1 bracket. But look at the difference. Look at the win rate difference between Hagnar and Calibron, right? Um, uh, you are, Angle. You are correct. Uh, <laughs> uh, glad you like my meme. I did like your meme. Thank you, dude. Uh, so yeah, Hagnar and Calibron, and that's interesting. That's interesting. Daughters of Cain players have that conversation with yourselves. I'd be fascinated to know what you think. 
um, on why that situation. I think it's the survivability from Hagnar on the snakes, keeping them alive. I expect 98% of the list that are here are Marathi and the bow snakes, or they're like Piotta and they're just bow snakes. <laughs> like, but it's, it's not anything else that I'm seeing in here. Um, and so why? Why is the difference between there? Now, we haven't, again, got all of the stats in, uh, but it's worth looking at. Lumineth Realm Lords, again. Uh, now, you can ignore Illumina and Metrica at the top because uh, they're not taking that much. So really, the conversation is between Helon, Zytrek, and Sire. Helon is the most popular army, uh, sorry, most popular sub-faction, but it's got 58% win rate. However, Sire is the third most popular with 64%. And in the middle, Zytrek being the second most popular sub-faction played has got the best win rate out of like like valuable data in 68%. So those Zytrek lists have got a 68% win rate over the Sire. It's only a 4% difference. And that we might see those numbers change a bit when we put a little bit more data in. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of Zytrek players and it'd be cool to have a conversation about that. Break that down. And again, look at that battle regiment. 87, nearly 90%. Don't forget, this is the most dominant army in Age of Sigmar at the moment. The most dominant army is Lumineth Realm Lords. Don't let anyone else tell you different. 87% of those are battle regiments looking to lower their drops so those Sentinels can take all your toys off on the first turn. Yeah? Um, go to Beastmen. Beasts of Chaos. I don't think we have a lot of data on that, so it's going to look a bit fucky. Uh, let's just go and have a quick look. Beasts of Chaos... Where are they? Oh, there they are, right at the top. Uh, Bosh, uh, like twenty-nine percent win rate. They're terrible. <laughs> they, they, they most often get one win. <laughs> uh, so the difference between uh, Sons of Behemoth and Ogres. Oh yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. Let's look at that. So we looked at the Sons of Behemoth, and let's look at Ogre Moor tribes. And actually, let's do a head-to-head -head on those as well, because I think that's fascinating. So Sons of Behemoth versus Ogre Moor tribes. And why? Why, why, why? Um, they both try and do the same thing, right? Um, uh, by the way, uh, it currently looks like Ogres? Uh, uh, is this only one? It looks like Ogres are beating Sons on it in their head-to-head. But why do I think why do I think ogres are not doing anywhere near as well as sons? Because sons just have the better version of their rules. Ogres count as ten models on an objective. Gargants count as twenty or twenty-five or whatever. They count as more, right? They're just better. They're just better at what ogres are good at. However, ogres are better at smashing the uh, the gargants, right? Um, uh, putting a pie chart. Uh, so yeah. You have to actually play ogres. <laughs> T-Man Cash, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, LRL, one drop, 30 centos every time. That's correct. So we've gone back to that. But if we look at the Ogre More Tribe stats, they've actually got a 52% win rate, which is very respectable. It's very honest. But let's look at the win difference. Sub-faction most played. Boulderhead is by far the most popular, but it is not the most successful. Blood Gullet is second uh, most popular, 25 of them. They've got a 64% win rate. And Boulderhead has got that 52% win rate as a sub-faction. Uh, there, but look, if you can, if you look, you're most likely to get two wins with your Ogre More Tribes army, and not, uh, and then 22% of the time you're going to get three wins. So it tails off. You're more likely to go two three than you are going to go three two with Ogre More Tribes. So this is the the top right hand side. This is what you want to look at. If we go look at the bottom, uh, if we go look at, um, uh, oh God, what are they called Sons of Behemoth, just to really 
change that around. Look at that big purple line shift from two over to three. Yeah. So with ogres, 46% of the time, you're going to get three wins. With an additional 20% of the time, you're going to get four wins. And then, um, so that's putting you at 66% of the time, you're in a positive win rate for these guys. Um, uh, does this uh, data include the Metal Country? It does, but there wasn't loads of games like that. Um, this doesn't really count list variants, though, does it? Tarquinex? No, it doesn't. Um, it does. None of this obviously includes uh, list variants, but nothing does. Doesn't include battle. I mean, we do have battle plant variants built in here as well, as well as battalion variants. That's something we're going to look on more towards the future. What the stats should hopefully give you guys as players is tool sets to ask yourself, okay, do I want to do better at a tournament? What do I need to look at to beat and how can I beat them? Also, is my army rubbish? Do I love Gits? I love Gits. They're one of the worst performing armies in the game. And anyone who loves them is someone who's already playing them. So, and there's a correlation between that as well, right? The more We've already seen that. The more likely an army is to do well, the more likely it is to be played. So, we already know there's a correlation. So, the people who are pushing around those armies, which people don't often play, like Gits and Sylvaneth, etc., uh, we generally are seeing that those people are trying their hardest, but they're not necessarily doing well with those tool sets. Uh, so, if you are losing a lot with Gits, don't be sad. You're meant to lose loads with Gits. Everyone else around the world who's trying to win with Gits is also losing. However, we do have some fringe cases where we've got people like Math Mallow pushing up those Sylvaneth stats. We have people like Bill Souza pushing up any stat he wants, Flesh Eater Quartz or Sinesh. We have Gavin pushing up those Beasts of Chaos stats. We have uh, Jeremy Vissier uh, pushing up his KO stats. We have people, people who are pushing up stats. So sometimes, and I've always argued this, skill is far more important than the army book, but still those players are picking uh, books that are generally tough to deal with. And um, how those players are doing it, how those players are taking those books, and what they're doing with it is the conversation we should be having. So we'll have a deep dive on another video about uh, smash and grab lists. We'll have a deep dive on some of these lists as well. And again, next Monday, uh, we're going to have maybe a council, I'm not sure. We're going to have a longer show uh, looking through these stats when we've got more data in there, which is going to be really fun. Um, uh, <laughs> it's the lack of squid gobbers holding the gits back. Lord Wilco, correct, you gorgeous, gorgeous man. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Um, uh, it's been really fun uh, to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have loved it. Uh, it's been it's been fun. I've really enjoyed today. I feel like I've like spent a lot of time on today's show. So I know it's a long format. But I think it's, um, uh, and I hope you guys find it valuable. And if you did find it valuable, I'd love to know in the comments. Obviously, you can join Patreon, subscribe, and all that other jazz. But really, I'd like some feedback because I'd like to do this as well as possible. I'm representing you people in the community, so I'd like to do a really good job. So if you're like, oh, Rob, actually, this is another thing. This is another thing. I, I'm only as smart as everything you guys like. also let me know because uh, I'm not that smart to start with. So if you could start adding some numbers on, that would be really great. Um, uh, great show. The good. I hope you guys. Uh, but actual sex depend on the army and the player. Here we go. Uh, good. All right. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Jog. <laughs> uh, what was the win rate for Zeke? The win rate for Zeke. So I might put some images up uh, from the Unsworn Gamer Twitter later today, um, so you guys can keep an eye out for that. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning. 
You guys have been great. I'll be back tonight uh, with Nathan Prescott talking about Uruk Warclan's book. It's going to be really fun. Might be doing live coverage this weekend from Bobo. I'll let you know. We're still waiting. Uh, I'm still waiting for a, bit, a few bits of information. Uh, love you all loads. Uh, have a great, great day. Uh, God sell, yes. What's going on? Uh, love you tons. Uh, everyone have a nice day. See you guys soon. And thanks for being on this Wargamers.